God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than those things. We're officially past the halfway mark, and I feel like I might say this every year, but this might be the closest we've been in a very long time at this point in the league and excited to talk about it. I'm your host, 2018 champion Andrew Gelblatt, joined as always by my co-host, your commissioner, your two-time champion, Mr. Andrew Seiler. And unfortunately, our guest for this week had to cancel due to work commitments, which, you know, happens to everyone. We've throw no blame we appreciate him giving us the heads up so you're just stuck with the two of us today for a classic tag team podcast Siler, how you doing today i'm doing well uh for those of you that are getting in the halloween spirit i am currently dressed as tie-dye guy from uh only murders in the building mm-hmm. i think no that spoilers i will not spoil anything i know there are people that recently started watching uh, I'm not going to be a Nate and I am not going to spoil anything, but it's Halloween week. It's going to be very exciting. All the fans are going to be dressed up. Um, so I'm excited. And it's going to be a great week of fantasy football. I was going to say, it's got to have been a few years since a football Sunday has fallen on Halloween, right? Definitely. Well, plus I know Sunday night football is Vikings Cowboys. So I may try to snag some last second, tickets and wear this exact same sweatshirt on sunday wow that's a big it's it's in it's in minnesota in minnesota that's right okay okay that's a good plan so yeah like i started the show with we got an extremely tight league this year ton of four and three teams ton of three and four teams i mean everyone in the league outside of caniglio who is now two and five is either four and three or three and four so the door is wide open for anyone excited to talk about it, but more importantly, dance classes. So just to recap everyone, we're on week, I want to say week five of dance classes. You had a buy last week, took a break, you go back. How's it going? You're, the look you're giving me is not great. So interested to see so, how you did. It turns out next week is our final week. Uh, so this was the penultimate class um and it wasn't great uh you know we actually started out pretty hot you know we were i felt we were we were well we can't really move we're not going to be number one no matter what but i thought we were going to stick at our number two ranking and then probably after the first like half hour 45 minutes talia starts like clearly getting a little tired Mm. uh, because she had a long day Okay. And then she's like, I don't care if we fall to number four in the power rankings. That's a direct quote. <laughs> and, and it was funny, as like as the class was going on, we were like, uh-oh, our rankings looking good or it's looking bad. <laughs> That's um, funny. And then I had to go to the bathroom during the class. So it turns out Talia had to like waltz by herself for like 20 minutes. So mm-hmm. I was really bad about that too. Say but 20 anyway, minutes? No, okay. That was a bit. How long were you in the bathroom for? I looked for three different bathrooms. They locked them at night, and I had to go like in a huge circle. So, oh my god, they must have all thought you took the biggest dump. Well, while I was doing that massive dump, Tali was just waltzing by herself. So you didn't didn't come back from your dump a little lighter on your feet because you lost a little bit of weight. Didn't help. Uh, Maybe I was a little lighter, but Tali was tired. She was sleepy, and she thought we should have been number four. I think the lesbian couple is still worse than us. So I now, think we're number three. From an individual rankings, because I've spoken with Talia in full transparency, and while she loves the segment, thinks that, you know, we're not giving credit where credit is due. Do you want to talk about individual rankings this week, or do you think it's only going to... Because it, it might ignite a flame under her. She's the self-proclaimed number one waltzer or like self number one like in the class which no i'm sorry she could probably hear me right now absolutely not there this guy there's a guy in the class where every time that the teacher needs like someone to show how to do something she calls him up Mm. because he has dance experience Mm. and he's by far and away the best person in the whole class so what, what, think, what is your best style of dancing? Not to say that you're particularly, you're not, I'm not saying you're number one at any of them. I'm not saying, what are you number one at? But we're big on foxtrot and big on swing. I would say those are, two, 
Those are our two specialties. That's like what what what's what a decade is the fox trot? You think that I think it might be the tango or the walls. I feel like I'm in RuneScape where they're playing like Bridgerton music. I don't know if you've seen Bridgerton, but they're playing yeah. like medieval times music. And it feels like I'm in like, I don't even, I'm at medieval times. It's really bad. Nothing wrong with that though. Yes, but okay. So in summary, lesbian couple in my power rankings, lesbian couple number four, Taliani number three, uh, older couple number two, and then the younger Jewish couple number one. Okay, that's fine. I would love, I appreciate that Talia is realistic and is self-aware to understand where she was that week. There was a bit of an excuse train from your part of why you were there, but glad. I mean, if you can end the season, not the last place, I think that's a big win for you guys for the future of your dance careers. I couldn't agree more. I'm really just aiming to not be in last. I think we might be able to stretch it to two, but we'll see. We have one week of preparation. Are you going to prepare? Talia wants to. We haven't so far, but <laughs> is there a test that you're preparing for? Like, did she say that? That's what be- I said. I was like, wait, Talia, do you think there's going to be a test? And she was like, I don't think so. So fingers crossed for no test. So what do you think the last class is going to be? Like a summary of what we've done, but I don't mm. think. I hope we don't have to go one by one because then it's going to be really awkward. You can do it. You can do it. I appreciate the confidence, but I will keep everyone posted on our final class. So let's dive right in to last week. I'm going to be open again with all of you. Last Sunday, as you can probably even tell from my score, I was pretty detached from the football game. So from an actual performance standpoint, I don't have a lot of insight this week. Going to lean heavily on Siler, who was also pretty preoccupied. So we're both going to be missing a having some knowledge gaps when it comes to what might have happened during the games but you know we're professionals so we'll talk through it so starting on the bottom for me you got snort arrow patterson against scored arrow patterson the snorlax himself peaked out the win 117 to 107 damian harris with a huge game jalen hurts god awful regular uh quarterback but a, a godly and a, a fantasy football quarterback and then Michael Pittman Jr. winning it for him at the end with that end-of-game touchdown. Not enough to outdo Khalil Herbert, Terry McLaurin, Teddy Bridgewater's performances. This makes me wonder, does name does team names matter? Because Nate really changed his whole team name to Snort Arrow Patterson. He may have gotten in Russell and Cordero's heads, and it had a big impact. I mean, yeah. he had... He had an okay game, but it wasn't uh, a crazy Cordero game. And somehow, as we've said this every single week, how Jalen Hurts isn't actually good. He's the third. I think I saw he's ranked third highest in fantasy points for quarterbacks, but he's simultaneously this close to being benched. So, like, he could be the only player in the history of fantasy football to be like a top five fantasy player, and then maybe he'll be getting benched by his team. So I mean, he has five rushing touchdowns this season. So yeah, I feel like he, his completion percentage has got to be like 60% or something. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, 70, 50, 60, 60, 50, 40, 50. Jesus. Yeah. Not great. But Nate gets the win after being on a little bit of a slump, four and three, Russell at three and four. And which is, to be fair for Russell, we did have Dalvin Cook, Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, they both were really by. killed by, by him yeah. again. Yeah, so I feel like their total scores are not reflect, good reflections on you know what we think of their team. Right. Next, in a dominant win, we had Noah over Dane. Noah wins 140 to 88. Big games, Tom Brady, literally the quarterback one. It's kind of unbelievable. James Conner getting a touchdown. Chris Godwin having one of his weeks. Mike Gazeki, a great pickup from him. On the flip side, outside of Kyler Murray for Dane and Jonathan Taylor, not really great performances. He did have a ton of injuries that you were calling out, a ton of buys. He had 
Nick Chubb was hurt. Darren Waller's hurt. Antonio Brown is hurt. George Kittle is hurt. <laughs> so really playing on his last leg here. Alan Lazard was a great, great, great pickup, but just not enough to get the, the win against Noah's pretty dominant performance. One of the higher scoring teams this week. It's sad because Dean was just trying to throw a team together with like, you know, glue and, and what, and sticks mm-hmm. or whatever, but like glue and sticks. I don't know. I was trying to think of like, you know, in kindergarten anyway, uh, AJ Dillon, he just tried throwing into the flex in the hopes that he would do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he lost him one point seven points. You know, but what would you rather have? AJ Dillon's negative one point seven points or Corey Davis's thirteen points? But you know, who am I to say anything about potential trades? <laughs> Definitely a missed opportunity there. Um, but I mean, Dane clearly, as you've said, was really just hampered by. Injury. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing on his team. I think next week. He's going to have Waller back. He's going to have, I think, Antonio Brown might play. Jerry Judy should now be playing. So he's getting some pieces back that should be fairly impactful. For yeah, Noah really pulled it through with Eckler and Robinson on by. Uh, yeah. Two of his bigger players. and that's Yeah, I mean, really, play. I think it's a combination of, A, he did score a lot of points, so he would have beaten most teams in the league anyway, but he was really uh, – uh, you know, Tom Brady and Chris Godwin had a, a great performance, and that's fifty. I mean, if you can get if, if you can get sixty points from two players right there, you're already halfway to what you need for a win. Absolutely. Uh, next, we had Corals against Wyatt. Corals pulls out the win, one twenty four to one seventeen. To Wyatt's credit, also on a bit of a bye week struggle with both Zeke and Dak on and Zach Moss on bye. So 100 pulling out 117 with some backups is a great, great day. Nothing to be ashamed of. But Corals on the back of 30 points from Stafford and 30 points from Kamara really, really leading the team there. Don't really know what happened in those games. It seems like the the, the Saints game might have been a little disappointing being 13 to 10. So I'm not sure how Kamara gets 33 points when only 13 points are scored. So that I was paying attention to because I was worried that I was going to lose to Scott uh, with Collins. DK Metcalf had an 80-yard touchdown probably like five minutes into the game. And then Seattle sucked for the rest of the entire game. And Alvin Kamara had 10 catches for like over 100 yards on the touchdown. Mm, he was the only person on the Saints that did anything so Wells just happened to have the two players that had these great games in that specific football game and that really pushed him over the top and got him yeah yeah I mean look at Wyatt you know Elijah Mitchell that's a great great hold for him being able to get 20 points from him Mike Evans a great game Mike Marquise Brown had a solid game it was really the the flex is probably what I would say the difference was in these two teams you know Christian Kirk with 14 Allen Robinson with two that pretty much makes up the difference of of who wins this matchup you're absolutely right uh, next up we had caniglio against brian caniglio gets his second one in a row 107 to 97 really and it's you know i'd say the, the the biggest driver to this loss of course is patrick mahomes is five points you know i i can't even remember the last time patrick mahomes scored under 15 points so a pretty unlucky loss for Brian, if if you say for me. Not that Canelio doesn't deserve the win. He obviously scored more points, but um, Brian really could have used the win, and, and it came at a pretty bad time. Canelio finally learned to not play Sam Darnold, because if he did, he actually would have lost this game. Um, I hate that guy. It's, like, painful. Although, I do have to say, R- Robbie Anderson is also really screwing me over, because that guy is dropping, like, a million catches. He dropped like at least three passes. It felt like against the Vikings uh, yeah. the prior week, and Caniglio on like a good week scores one hundred seven. So like the only way that he's gonna get wins is if someone scores less, yeah. you know. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like he's been pretty lucky these past two weeks. Maybe eventually he'll put up one thirty. I th- I don't know what the highest he's put up. I would guess one twenty or one twenty five. I could tell you um, a second. But I feel as long as he keeps playing against teams that just have an off week, 
Maybe put up 86, 106, 79, 115, 73. He had 122 two weeks ago and then 107. My God. Okay. Well, Caniglio, you, I don't know what regression or what you want to call this, but I mean, some statistical term. Yes, whatever actuarial term you want to use for this, that's fine. But hopefully you keep playing teams that score under 100 points. Yeah. Lastly, in the the America's Game of the Week, you had Siler against Scott. Siler in a pretty desperate situation to pull out a win. If you don't pull out a win here, you're all of a sudden two games back from Quarles, which is not a great place to be. And time for last place. Yeah. But he does, 171 to 157. Monster game from Cooper Cup. Monster game from Jamar Chase. Probably the two biggest highlights really leading you to that. On the flip side, you have Scott with really great games from A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Bucks defense just tearing. I, I, I was I had Darnell Mooney on my team. I was like, how they had the worst pass defense. How do they not do anything? And uh, unfortunately, Scott, uh, Derek Henry this week couldn't get him to 30 points like he normally does. And so he loses by 20. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an unfortunate loss for the Bucks. Yeah, I felt bad because I was texting Scott throughout this game. And he texted me. I wasn't watching the games because I was just running around New York and doing a bunch of things. And Scott texted me Jamar Chase with like a, a teary face. And usually when I see that, I, I think what that means is, oh, no, that's like a devastating injury or something. Mm-hmm. This is while Scott is beating me by a lot of points, and I'm on the verge of being in last place. So I was freaking out internally, and I was like, oh, my God, he tears ACL, da, da, da. And Scott goes, no, we actually just scored an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah, he had a monster <laughs> game. That was one of the few plays I saw was he broke. Like, he, he was unguardable. I think your one of your worst takes of all time might be <laughs> Tyler. I was, I was literally about to say that. I was, I was about to say it's so funny to think that at the start of the season, my my take for your team was that your wide receivers were going to be the end of you, and they are the number one and number two ranked wide receivers in all of fantasy football. And I I, I put down that your best pick was Lavishka Chenault, and your worst pick was Cooper Cup. So. <laughs> um but yeah i mean this was just a classic case of both of us scoring the the most amount of points in the league one of us had to lose unfortunately scott did change his team name to the year of scott though so he Mm -hmm. he's clearly is very he was i mean just for some backstory for those of you who weren't at the his birthday which i think almost everyone in the league was so scott was pretty intoxicated and I was talking with him, and he was so confident that he was going to win the league this year. And I said to him, if you're that confident, change your team name to Year of Scott, but just know that if you lose, you're never going to win the league. You're going to be in a Caniglio situation where you're never going to win the league again. And so he's clearly accepted the bet, and we'll see how it goes for him. But this could be very ugly for Scott's future in fantasy football if he doesn't win this year. I bet sober Scott is thinking, what the fuck was drunk Scott thinking yeah. when he? I don't know. Is Scott a what's the word I'm looking for? What's a superstitious person? Is yes, I think so. I think but, Scott but, is in a lot of trouble. But is he superstitious because he also had that weird thing where he would like change the radio to like even numbers? That's not. Oh, super, I remember that. That's not super superstitious. That's just like ADD. That's OCD. OCD, yeah, one of the, yeah, yeah. He's not superstitious. He's just a little stitious. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I, it's a bold, I don't even think I would ever do that. And I can be pretty cocky no, sometimes. No, never. How could you do that? If he doesn't win the league this year, he's never going to win again. But I guess he's never won. So it's worth making these bold. It's easier to do it if you've never done it before. For Caniglio, it's a whole different story. That's fair. And also, there's one game that we have not gone over, which you just seem to kind of throw under the no, rug. I, I, first of all, I always do my game last. I oh, every oh, yeah. week. Every I'm week. Sorry. You, sorry, when you went into mine, you're like, oh, and this is the last game in my no. schedule. No, I said in America's game of the week. Okay, sorry. R- Go ahead. Rewind the tape. There's no way I said the last <laughs> game. Okay. I have it queued up right here. I don't have to touch anything because I have it up. 
So the last game was a, this was a, a shootout game between myself and Lee, you know, a, a fight between two equally minded, equally strong teams in the league. Lee pulls out the win 105 to 90. You know, there's a few things that I'll talk about on my team. A, I was trying to be, I think, almost a little too smart because I did not think I had a chance to win or I had so many buy issues that were going on that in my head, I was like, you know what? I don't, and I didn't really want to drop anyone on my roster. So I'm like, you know what? Like, why don't I just wait until after the one o'clock games? I'll see how it looks. If it looks good, I'll drop players. If not, I'll just keep the players I want on my bench and I'll just take the loss. Like his entire team was going at one o'clock. So if he scored 170 points at one o'clock and my five players had scored 40, like I'm not, it's not worth my loss of investment. I almost that morning picked up CJ, whatever his name is on the Bengals, the tight end. Oh, Uzumoa. Which would have won me the game because he scored like 25 points. So definitely not doing this strategy again in the future. Um, you know, Lamar had a decent game. It's on, you know, Aaron Jones scoring six points is unfortunate. Darnell Moody with only four points against Tampa Bay is unfortunate. Sutton and DJ Moore, just, you know, poor performances all around. Lee on the flip side, Tua had a great game. I also want to note that Joe Mixon and Devontae Brooker both had like late fourth quarter touchdowns that didn't really need to happen. So unfortunate that way, that's 14 points. And that's basically the, the game if that happens. Zach Ertz also had a random 60 yard touchdown that you know you hate to see randomly in the third quarter. I think there was like a five minute, maybe even less. I want to say a two minute stretch where Joe Mixon, Devontae Booker, and Tua all scored touchdowns, yeah. and it totally swung. The, yeah, I know. Yeah, the it, momentum. It, that's why you play the games. I you, I firmly believe that if if Bills D was there for you, you would have won this game because they're like your top performing unit on on your. Team. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, for um, sure. And yeah. also, it, also if Gronk was able to play, he was like iffy going into the week. So, but no excuses. It is what it is. It's a loss. Luckily, everyone else in my division also lost, so not much change over there. And that's um, last week. Yeah. And now are we ready for everyone's favorite segment? Siler on the wire. And like I promised, every week I will have a new theme song for this segment. This week, given that it is Halloween, we're going to be basing this off of the Adams family. So let's... Uh, let me know if you can hear it, Siler, but we will, uh, well, let me know. We'll, we'll, I'll start with this. Wait, I don't hear it yet. Oh, there we go. No, wait, no, I don't hear it. You don't hear it? No. Like you don't hear the music or me talking? I heard the music for like a second and then it just stops. Hmm. Let's try this, right? Tell me if you can hear this. Really? One minute. What's this? Matter. He likes to scout free agents, determine all the payments, provides us entertainment. Tyler on the wire gives us all his opinions, advice that is worth millions, something, something Brazilian. Tyler on the wire. Loved it. Loved it. Halloween themed. Love the lyrics. You're doing a wonderful job at coming up with these. For those, in case you just want to close with the lyrics, I'll just read them in sentences. He likes to scout free agents, determine all the payments, provides us entertainment, Siler on the wire, gives us all his opinions, advice that is worth millions, something, something Brazilians, Siler on the wire. Wonderful. Thank you. So let's... uh... That's what anything hot on the wire. So I I have to start with the big. I can't believe I'm going to say the big free agent acquisition of Michael Carter on the New York Jets. I get it. 
in terms of just wanting to pick him up. I don't get it on spending $72 on Michael Carter. I think the Jets are so bad. And the running back, I mean, Michael Carter's put up okay points, but like if you look at his actual like box scores, he rushes, he rushed for six yards, 60, 60 was fine. 24, 38, 38, 37. His value is salvaged by a couple touchdowns over the past, you know, few weeks. And he had a lot of catches against New England because the Jets were down by like 50 points. So I don't understand spending $72. Um, Maybe I I spent 21. I was like, oh, maybe it'll be a nice fill next week when I have Swift and Gibson on by. Yeah. So just as a review, Noah spent two or tried spending $2. Caniglio six. Uh, Brian Gelbot six. Uh, Gelbot 21 and Nate 27. And then after that, it just goes, wow, $72. So I think it was a stretch. I hope we're making, but I mean, that to be fair, if you're them and you're looking at the wire and you're like, you know what, if I really want a guy, it seems like these running backs are really hot commodities. If I want a chance to get this guy, I mean, think about the last, I mean, you're the wire guy. Who were the last big running backs that were on the board? You had like Damian Williams, you had Daryl Williams, you had probably someone, Khalil Herbert. To, yeah. I mean, I picked up the Ernest Johnson. I feel like that was for like 50 bucks. That's what I'm saying. Like you have these big, these big bids. The difference is the situation, though, right? Like the Ernest Johnson isn't meant to be like a long play. Also, the Browns don't suck. Uh, I guess the Bears suck, and Damian Williams has paid off. So I hope it works out for them. I just thought it was a bit of a stretch. Um, other than that, you picked up Kirk Cousins for the bye week for Lamar for $11. Mm-hmm. And you beat out a few people for Jamal Williams because you bid seven. There were bids for five. Did Noah have a bid? Did Noah have a bid? For Jamal Williams. Let me look. He bid for Kirk and for Trey Lint. I don't, I never know what Noah's doing. He needs the team name. Um, Because Noah was, Noah was harping at me. He thought I was intentionally throwing the game. And I was like, I'm just nervous to drop Jamal Williams because I've, Andre Swift gets hurt. I don't want to be stuck with no running backs. With, and I was like, and I was like, fine. If I drop him, and if you pick him up, I will never talk to you again. He did not put in okay. a bid. That's very nice of him. Thank you, Noah. Yes. And then the last one I wanted to point out: Nate bid ten dollars for Bengals D because they are going against the New York Jets and Mike, White. Uh, Mike White. Yes, yeah. which is also coincidentally like my cousin's name. So really, uh, is my is, yeah. is Mike White your cousin? No, because he has neck issues. He is, I think he's bald though. And I think the quarterback on the Jets is bald, but I haven't actually seen him because I did not want to watch Mike White against the Patriots. Uh, so that is your segment of Siler on the Wire. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be honest, guys. You've heard Siler and I talk about power rankings, we just talked about them last week. We're, of course, going to continue talking about power rankings, but I haven't looked at your Siler. Happy to talk through mine. I didn't have much movement after this week. I don't think there were a lot of statement games or wins or losses by teams. I'm happy to talk about the things that did shift and kind of go from the bottom to the top, but do you have a lot of movement on yours? Not a ton. I think you're right, and we should focus more on the movement that we had. But before we do that, I think we should just go to the standings. Oh, yeah. It's a great thing because this is a great week to go to the standings. I agree. So do you want to, do you want to take us to the standings? Sure. So starting off with my division, cause that is in the top left for me. Uh, we've got corals at four and three, myself at three and four and Caniglio at two and five, just strength. His playoff percentage has increased. It's doubled. One percent, two percent. That's huge growth. Um, 50 percent or hundred percent growth. I mean, hundred percent growth in playoff percentage. If Caniglio makes the playoffs, it might be one of the best like comeback stories or Cinderella stories in the history of fantasy football. Um, By the way, with your division, just from a standing standpoint, you don't make the playoffs today. 
that's right. There are Speaking seven teams. Man. There are seven teams that are four and three. That's right. I don't make the playoffs today, but according to playoff percentages, I have a 76% chance <laughs> of making the playoffs. But we have a tight division. Clearly, I have by far and away the most points for in the division. Um, but it doesn't matter in the end. The only thing that really matters is wins. So it's all about wins. Uh, yeah, that's it. And then moving on to the two champ, or I guess I'll let you take over for your division. Yeah, so two champs plus Dane, not a great division so far. I think two weeks ago I was four and one. Dane was three and two, I want to say, or three and one, or maybe he was, he might have been three and two two weeks ago. No, he's on a two game losing streak. Oh, yeah. So he was four and he was, we both had four win. Suffice it to say, what I'm trying to get at is that the whole division's been, been on a huge losing streak. I'm on a two game losing streak. Dane is on a one-game losing streak, and Russell is also on a. I believe he's on a. He's on a three-game losing streak. So, not looking great for a division that started off really hot. We're currently all neck and neck in points four. We're the number two, four, five. We're the we're the, the sixth, seventh, and eighth highest scoring teams. So very, very close. It's going to be a really close points four battle. This is going to be an important week, though. You know, if one of the teams, if Dane can get the win, get some separation, if Russell can tie us all, he's going to be on top of the division. So big week for the two two champs plus Dane. Yeah. I mean, I as you said, it's trending down a little bit, but I think all three of your teams have pretty good chances to make it. So it's just going to be a dogfight till the end of the year. So it'll be yeah. really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about? It? You want to? I'll go. I'll go empty trophy case. You can go last. So empty trophy okay. case. We got Scott currently in first place, four and three, with a ninety ninety six percent chance of making the playoffs. Most points four. He's in a very good position. You got Wyatt and Brian though, right on his tail. Both three and four. Although Brian is second lowest in points four and. Wyatt's at four. So the two, three, and four teams, uh, Wyatt is deceptively a deceptive three and four team, while Brian is probably lucky to be three and four right now, given his points for. I just realized my division, everyone won. Lee's division, everyone won. Your division, everyone lost. An empty trophy case division, everyone lost last week. Wow. That's a statement so, right there. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Wyatt and Scott, it's almost like my division where – well, not exactly, because Scott is much better than Corals' team. But just that Wyatt and I have two of the highest point totals for the year, and we're both just sitting at three and four. So it's just going to be madness going into the playoffs, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm very excited. Um, and then yeah. – I can't for, believe you have more points for than against, by the way. You have, like, the most points against, but you also have your, your – you have more it's points. It's wild. It's – the fact that I, I scored 170 last week and I was like, oh, I'm going to lose. Alex Collins is going to get two touchdowns. I was just such in a bad place and I'm so used to losing. Um, I think I was, I tried calculating it. My average points against, or my average points for in losses is like 130 points. So it's just really depressing for me. Anyway. Also, in the most classic way ever, of course, Russell's sitting with the least points against. He just gets so lucky with this stuff. It's inc- yeah. Although I guess now he's on a losing streak, so not that lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Brian, Brian, Quarles, uh, Russell in that opposite order. So Russell is the lowest, then Quarles, then Brian. Two of the... Points for matters, but honestly, points against is probably more important than points for. So... Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, Russell, yeah. But it's just crazy that Russell's in 11th and Brian's in or Russell's in 10th right now, Brian's in 11th, and they both have two of the lowest points for points against. That's pretty terrible on their yeah. parts. But and Brian, uh, is the only person you have to break 700 points for. Yikes. But hey, he's only one win out. Exactly. You know? He's still in it. Well, t- two. I guess points for what? Yeah, okay, two from the playoffs. But yeah. Um, and then the last division is the most intriguing of them all, where everyone is four and three. Yeah. Um, Noah has the most points for 
by how much? About 30 points. It's pretty close. Um, yeah, about 30. And then Lee is at Lee is, by, is, is skating by by the skin of his teeth because he just keeps winning these really low-scoring matchups. He's kind of fucked this week with Devontae Adams, though, so we'll see how that one pays off for him. But, hey, it's it's neck and neck, four and three for everybody. It's, that's also going to be a dog fight down to the very end. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I was I was looking at it before. There's a possibility coming out of this week when we look at the matchups that there's eight four and four teams and two five and five and three teams. So 10 of the 12 teams are in playoff contention or one game back. That's wild. Isn't that crazy for that? Isn't that crazy? It's also how you guys always spend my free time at work. So (laughs) power rankings that and writing jingles that I, I also wrote the jingle today. You should get paid for that. Honestly. I should. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's hard to find. I mean, I, I found some website. It was like rhyme. Because the issue with the Adams Family song is that you need the first three lines all to rhyme. That's like how it goes. Uh-huh. It's like the first three lines rhyme, and they say like the Adams Family. So I, I had to find rhymes for agent. You did a and, great job. Yeah. You know, thank you. I love the praise. I fight. I feed off of it. So, power rankings. So I'm, I'll just be blunt and straight with you guys. So my power rankings had very little movement from last week. The only change I did was given my recent performances, I've actually bumped myself down to seven, which then bumped Nate and Noah up into the top. Nate specifically into the top six, Nate at six, or no, yeah, Noah at six. No, sorry. Nate at six, Noah at five. And I dropped myself down to seven. Everything else stays the same. I think Dane is the team that's closest on the cusp at eight. You got Kniglu at 12, Lee at 11, Brian 10, Corals 9, Dane 8, and then I moved myself down to 7, Nate 6, Noah 5, Wyatt 4, Siler U3, Scott 2, and I keep Russell at 1. So the movement for me, uh, I had myself at 7 last week, but due to my 170 points with the Ernest Johnson, I moved myself back up to 3, Saquon Probably won't be back this week, but he'll be back soon. Uh, And with that, I moved Wyatt to seven. So I kind of flipped us because of his poor performance. And I know he has a lot of people on by this week. So I'm sure that kind of impacted my thought process. Um, I moved, Gelbot, I moved you down to six and Nate up to five. So that's a small flip. And then I also flipped Dane and Coral. So now Dane is at nine and Coral is at eight. With Dean getting healthier and or with Dean not his team not being healthy and Corals having a pretty good performance. So in summary, Caniglio 12, Lee 11, uh, Brian 10, Dean 9, Corals 8, Wyatt 7, Gelbot 6, Nate at 5, Noah sticks at 4, myself at 3, Russell at 2, and Scott still has the top spot. Nice. Congratulations, Scott. Scott, drunk Scott last week was all over me having him at seven on week six. He questioned me like five times. He was like cornering me. He was like like a knife to my throat. He's like, how could you have me at seven? What could you possibly think? I mean, that's pretty much what happened. If you think about any power rankings person on any website and then you go on Twitter, there are people that want to kill them. So if anything, I think you've made it. Wow. That means a lot. Good I mean, job. to be fair, how often do people who host a podcast go out somewhere where and 80% where, not even recognize I mean, 80% of our audience was at a bar. That's a great point. I think we're really starting to make it. We're gaining traction. I'm glad we were able to do an in-person event. It probably drove, drove brand awareness and brand loyalty. Yeah. Maybe we'll get new sponsors in the future. Maybe. Yeah. We didn't have a sponsor this week. Unfortunately, we didn't hit our numbers last week. So make sure to like and share, guys. Rate it and comment on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Subscribe. Smash that. What do they say on YouTube? Smash that like button. That's right. Yeah. Week eight. We're finally over the halfway point. This is a big week. Like I said, there's a lot of fun possibilities that can happen. But one of the crazier ones, in my opinion, is five where there'd be eight teams. So we, if, if we, we can go to the matchups, I can double check it. So... Won't give wins or losses, but starting from the bottom for me, if if Russell wins and and Noah loses, they're both four and four. One of Dane or Scott is going to be four and four. 
one of you or why it's going to be four and four. If Brian wins and Coral loses, they'd both be four and four. If Caniglio beats Lee, he'll be four and four. And between me and Nate, one of us will be four and four. So I believe that would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams. Wow. That would be four and four. And two of teams would be five and two. That would be absolutely ridiculous going into the second half of the season. It's fun to root for chaos, and that is all we want. Yeah. So I'll start at the bottom for me, which was, like I said before, Coral, not Coral, sorry, Russell against Noah. A lot of these matchups, by the way, are repeats of week five. I have to ask you, Siler. They're all. They're they're, all. They're not all, which is what I have to ask you. Why would you not have all the games just be rematches if they weren't? What do you mean they're not all? Um, yes, no, the Scott against Dane is not a rematch, and Caniglio against Lee is not a rematch. Is that a mistake on your end? Do you have to adjust the schedule? Uh, oh, this might be controversial. You, may, you have to make a decision now. If the goal was to repeat well, week five. It... Hold on. It might be, but does it really matter? Uh, this is going to bring up a lot of controversy if Caniglio, Lee, or Dane or Scott was supposed to win, and they didn't because he didn't enter. But there's right. also going to be controversy if I change the schedule at this point. So I think we just leave it. We we play the ball as it lies. Mm-hmm. It's all. It was just a random thing anyway, so I, I'm fine with I'm it. I'm sorry to expose you like this. I didn't mean to do I, that. That's okay. So first up, we have Noah against Russell, which was a crazy game in week five. And and you know what the crazy part about week five was? That was that like insanely high scoring week. So this is like, when I tell you these scores, you're going to be shocked. Like the score of that game was 163 to 140. Russell loses with 140 points. Yeah, I remember I lost 150. Yeah. Why do I had 190? So I feel, I feel the pain. Looking up the historical between them, we see that Noah is up six to four. Like I said, the last win at one sixty three to one forty. Right now, Russell's projected to win one thirty five to one twenty two with all his guys back. Like I do every week, I can't pick Russell to win, so I'm going to pick Noah. Hmm. Not really a ton of bye week issues, which is nice. Uh, I think. I'm going to go with Russell. I just feel like the Dallas-Minnesota game is going to be so high scoring, and it's going to give Russell a W. So I'll go Russell. Next, we have Caniglio. Not Caniglio, sorry. We have – I'm off my game today, guys. I'm so sorry. We have – because it said year of, so I assumed it was Caniglio once I saw a year of. I have to get used (laughs) to that. Year of Scott. Scott Anderson projected to win 127 to 111 over Dane. If I look at the historical between these two teams, we've got Scott is up eight to two in a tight win last season, winning 88 to 87. Oh my God. It was, it was, it was even less than a point. He won 88.44 to 87.46. He won by 0.98 points. That's why I love our league. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um dane he, his team is still has got a ton of question marks you know chubb do we know the capacity he's going to come back in jerry judy coming back from ir he says he's 100 percent, but he's still coming back ricky seals jones is i don't trust that guy boston scott i don't know how i feel about that especially with kenneth gainwell getting most of the carries on the flip side scott's got some crazy good matchups and i'm gonna go with scott yeah i have to go with scott i mean his team is just like i will say i i don't know how aaron Rodgers is gonna do with like a ragtag group of who the fuck even know like a quantum st brown or like whoever they're even throwing out there so that really might impact aaron Rodgers. but the rest of scott's team is just so good that i just have to go with scott next up we have your commissioner himself, Andrew Seiler, against Wyatt and two teams vying to get one of those four and four spots. Right now, Seiler projected to win 125 to 115. 
looks like Wyatt's put in his full lineup, which he didn't before. Historically, Sila, you're up in this series 11 to 3. Uh, but he did have your name last time you guys played, winning 198, a league high or a season high for the league, 198 to 154, which was a solid performance, would have beaten a lot of teams. Previous to that, you were on a nine-game winning streak against him. You're projected to win by 10 right now. You got Jamar Chase against the Jets and Cooper Cup against Houston. Hard to pick against that, so I'm going to go with you. Yeah, I think I probably would have picked Wyatt if he didn't have so many people on by, but I mean, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown have been, like, the core for him. I mean, I guess Dak and Zeke have been really good, but those two have been such key contributors for his team, and they're on by. And Tucker, I didn't know if Wyatt was going to pick up a kicker at one point. I thought he was just going to, like, let it and just pray. Uh, But because of all those people on by, I will pick myself. Next up, we have another rematch from week five. Brian against Corals in week five. Brian snuck out the win 116 to 114. Historically, Brian's up in this series nine to six. Brian projected to lose in this matchup, though, 108 to 120. Brian does have some. Does he have buys? I can't even. Brian Jacobs, Renfro, and Kenyon Drake are on by. Yeah, so no one's significant. Uh, Kyle Pitts is playing out of his mind right now. He does get Keenan Allen back, but Corals is, uh, I think, a little favorite in this matchup just because of the, I'd say, it's, I would call it the depth of his wide receivers. It's not even, sorry, not, not specifically the wide receivers, but. Brian kind of stops at Keenan Allen. You know, he's starting Jalen Waddle and AJ Green. I think that he's going to get wide receiver two and flex stiffed this week. Okay. So you're going with Corals. Yeah. I am going to go with Brian. I think Cooks is going to get shut down by Jalen Ramsey because uh, what I forget the guy's name with the long neck, whoever their quarterback is, but he's really bad. And oh, Davis Mills. And I feel like Houston's going to get down by so much so early that the Rams are just going to run. So I am, and Tampa has an amazing run D for Alvin Kamara. So I'm going to go with Brian. Our second to last game, Coniglio against Lee. Coniglio is on a, up in the series, 10 to five. This is the famous guys. I can't lose matchup that I always think of that. I can literally just picture us at the main event and him turning to us and saying that it's just a classic line. He gets Daniel Jones in a great matchup against Kansas City. Caniglio projected to win 118 to 106. Can he make it a three-game winning streak? I say yes. I've been on the Caniglio bandwagon for a while now. I've picked him the last two weeks, and I think it continues. I have to go with Caniglio because Lee, I mean – the fact that Devontae at this sucks so much for him because it's basically like now he has to have two bye weeks for Devontae Adams. Uh, I was just that's so funny you say that out loud. I was I had the same thought earlier when you said that. Yeah, I mean it like he's not hurt. He just has to miss the week, and it was a great matchup against the Cardinals too. Like he could have put up a huge game, yeah. and now he just kind of gets screwed. So I am going to also go with Caniglio to win a game where his opponent scores under a hundred points. And the last game we have, and probably one of the most highly anticipated games is the rematch between myself and Nate back in week five. For those of you who don't remember Lamar Jackson puts up a 50 point performance to give me the win 151 to 149. Historically that puts me ahead of us. I'm now up eight to seven. He's although Nate is now protected to win 132 to 123. I'm gonna pick myself no matter what. And like I always say, obviously I wouldn't be surprised if I lose given the matchups and the projections that Nate has, but I do some I do have some good matchups myself. DJ Moore at Atlanta, Kirk Cousins against Dallas, DeAndre Swift against Philly. So there is some potential Bills defense against Miami. 
I've got some potential, so I'm going to go with myself. Also, Schultz, I think, I think not Schultz. Uh, Sutton, Washington doesn't have a great pass to you this year, so I think. No, I don't know what the hell happened. They had, like, a top five defense, and they just are horrendous. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with myself. You know what's shocking? How is Tyreek Hill the number three receiver? I feel it's just I feel like he hasn't done anything. He's like the number three receiver. Well, his point because um, he goes because this is what you get when you draft Tyreek Hill. He goes 35, 4, 6, 48, 11, 19, 9. Like he just kind of he's he's all about those 48s. I was gonna say a, his highs are just incredibly high. Got it. Well, I'm gonna use this opportunity to promote Kirk Cousins. I've given him a lot of shit in the past. This is a new Kirk Cousins. And I'm probably just saying this for him to just make a fool of himself on Sunday Night Football, but he is playing out of his mind. He hasn't really had a bad game. They're going against Why Dallas. Why are you saying this right now? Dallas? Trevion Diggs is the most overrated fuck. Anyway, I think Kirk Cousins is going to push you over the top, and you are going to win this matchup. That's why. What were you going to say about Trevion, Trayvon Diggs? He's – oh, yeah, Trayvon. Just so overrated. He gets burned a million times, and I don't know. It just frustrates me that people say, oh, he's good because he gets interceptions. It doesn't matter if you just get burned every other play. Anyway, my little rant is over. I would love to see them play the the Bills, though. Oh, first of all, yeah, brother on brother. I would love that. Uh, I hope they do play. But anyway, my long uh, tirade, tirade, whatever, is over. Kirk Cousins will give you a word. Tirade? It's either Tarad or Tarade. T-I-R-A-D-E. Tarade, Tarad? What's it? What is it? What is Look that? T-I-R-A-D-E. It's a word. Anyway, it's over. Kirk Cousins gives you the victory. I'm picking you. Okay. Well, T-R-I-A-D-E is a union or group of three. So okay. Is that the only definition? It's, it's got it's the only I'm like of- convinced. That's a long, angry speech of criticism or accusation. Spell it. T-I-R-A-D-E. Oh, T-I. Yeah. I thought it said T-R. Because I I would spell triad, which would make sense why it was a union (laughs) of three. (laughs) All right. So those are our predictions for the week. If anyone's curious, um, I'm currently 17 and 25 at 40%. Siler is 21 and 21 at 50%, now beating ESPN, who is 19 and 23. And our guests are a whopping 4 and 20 at 16.67%. So hopefully whoever comes on next week can pick it up a little bit because we are struggling with our you content. You can't do worse guests. than Noah. So in terms of predictions. So yeah, that's just brutal. Yes. But yes, Gal what's right. We would love a guest, you know, our power rankings haven't changed much and we love some fresh voices and fresh faces some so. fresh takes you know maybe someone maybe someone sees something in caniglio's team that we don't know and throws him on top we do have to get caniglio on soon probably i would say week 10 or week 11 we get caniglio on to because we got to get him on before playoffs but he always it's maybe it's just his excuse but he's always like oh i i'm, I'm pushing my glasses up like oh i need more data i, I, I need to wait as long as possible because i need the data he need look for statistics with Steven. He needs enough data to talk about regressions and all these other statistical terms that we just it's all over our head. We didn't take five years, six years of actuarial exams. So he's a fellow now. So for he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, for your league, I'm your host, Andrew Gelblatt, joined as always by my co-host, Andrew Seiler. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Wishing everyone the best of luck this week. Enjoy Halloween. Siler, any last parting words? Um, look forward to next week on Siler on the Wire. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a good one. Oh, thank you.